Hey, what's up, bookworms and bannermen? We are here. Finally, a new episode of Throne Zone. And guys, we finally have new Song of Ice and Fire content to discuss. We're going to be talking about the first episode of HBO's House of the Dragon. This is called The Heirs of the Dragon. But I shan't be doing it alone. I will be joined by the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. He is Scott, the bald booktuber. How are you, my friend? Fantastic. How's it going tonight? I am I am doing okay. I'm pretty, pretty hyped to talk about this. And she is the Queen of the Angels, protector of the Seven Kingdoms, the mother of dragons, Madison Targaryen. How are you this evening? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk about Game of Thrones again. <laughs> I know. It seems like it seems like we've been talking about this, you know, for three years, and all it ever did was go into, you know, what we were mad about. But we actually have stuff exciting to talk about today because I uh, don't want to jump the gun. We we guys we intentionally like didn't really talk to each other a ton. Yeah. about this stuff because we wanted uh, our, our discussion here to be fresh but i think we were all pretty happy with what we saw now guys i want you to worry there's going to be no spoilers for anything that happens in the book that the show hasn't shown you yet we are going to do spoilers for this episode and we'll talk about some differences from the book and stuff but if you're worried about we're going to tell you what happens in the end of fire and blood you're safe we're not going to do that would not want to do that to you because uh if you guys remember a song of ice and fire readers we were just more happy to watch you guys freak out uh, during Game of Thrones. So uh, we have no interest in spoiling that stuff for you. But I want to say we will be talking spoilers for this episode. But before we do, we're going to get some quick, like, non-spoilery thoughts. So give you guys a chance to hang out if you haven't watched the episode yet. So, ladies first, uh, Madison, uh, I know that uh, your expectations, I don't know if they were as high as mine, but I think you were feeling pretty confident about it going in. Did it hit your expectations? Really just overall, spoiler-free, how did you feel about this first episode? So it absolutely exceeded my expectations. And I think I did have a really good attitude going into it. Like, I think I was like recognizing everything that was definitely positive about it. And I was, my excitement level was high, but I definitely was blown away. And I mean, I'd have to like think about it, maybe do some more reflection, but I think it may be one of the best pilot episodes, episode one of a show I've ever seen. Mm. So like this, Makes me a little nervous about episode two, three, four, just because like now my expectations are like through the roof. But I mean, it was almost perfect. Like I'm just really impressed at how much they gave us in one episode. Because I mean, they showed, they told us so much about the world, about the family structure, about intentions and motivations. And they showed us so much in one episode that it was impressive writing. So I'm just so happy. I'm happy to be having this conversation again. Like this was me at my best was being excited about Game of Thrones. And I feel like I have that back again and I'm so excited. And Scott, now I know like myself, you were probably you were probably more positive even about than I was about, about about three months ago is where I really said, you know what? I think this has a really good shot to be great. But you were championing it from the moment they announced this series. So your yep. expectations were up here. Did it get to here? Uh yeah, it met the expectations, which was I didn't think possible. So that was really good. <laughs> Uh, I thought it looked great. I thought that the direction from my boy, Sapochnik, was unbelievably good. I thought the writing was incredible. I thought all the costuming looked great. I thought the cinematography was great. Uh, I really have no nits to pick. I was very, very pleased with the first episode. Yeah. So I had high expectations uh, just because I just listening to Ryan Condell talk. You know, the guy <laughs> is a huge fan. He's been reading these books longer than most Game of Thrones fans have been alive, honestly. Yeah. So uh, it, was, it was something I felt pretty confident in. But I'm not going to lie. This episode even exceeded my expectations. I think for the part of this book that they're adapting, I don't think you could have had a more perfect pilot, really. 
I mean, for okay. this portion of the story, I don't see anything that I would have changed to make it different. And you can see how it feels like uh, a David Lightbringer actually said he felt like this didn't feel like Game of Thrones. It felt like a song of ice and fire. Mm. And I think what he means by that is if this had been Game of Thrones, we would have had 15 dragons in this first episode. We'd had stuff blowing up. You know, we'd had people getting burned alive and stuff. You see two dragons. And I mean, where they got a total of here, like 90 seconds in this whole episode. <laughs> so it definitely seemed, seemed more grounded which I think is what made those earlier seasons of Game of Thrones so, so good, is that it felt grounded. It still had that, you know, the feeling of the book, but, you know, it was just very politicky. And this is going to be the epic, epic, epic peak of politicky, this story, because I said it's like a, a Greek tragedy. But, yeah, I just, I, I don't see how this could have been any better. And, I mean, just right away, you know, you felt like you were back home. The, as soon as the music really kicks in, which, mm -hmm. by the way, our guy was really, really good in this. Well, the soundtrack, of course, it just really made you feel like, Within minutes, oh, yeah, I'm back in Westeros, and everything just felt great. So, uh, yeah, I have no real complaints at all about anything. But uh, we're going to kind of get into, uh, you know, some of the nitty-gritty here, like I said, and kind of talk about a uh, few of the differences, but mostly just the episode and what we liked, which was pretty mm -hmm. much everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do think it was a great idea to start with 101 AC, which if people don't know, AC is after Conquest for Aegon. Now, uh, the only thing, the only difference I can think of here is that Jaharis wasn't there actually at this in the book, but that don't bother me because I was just excited to see him, mm -hmm. you know, even if it was for, you know, a cameo essentially. But how awesome is this and Heron Hall and all Heron this Hall. stuff? Yes, I'm it's so excited. So Look oh, great. Yeah. Uh, and I like that they mentioned that there were more than two uh, people that could have been king or queen. Mm -hmm. uh, it ended up being the two, obviously, that were chosen between. Uh, but like just the look that Rainey's gives when the series is chosen, just really good acting in that scene. I really liked it. Yeah. Seeing yeah. the queen that never was get passed over in real time. It was a, you know, try to try to keep a straight face, you know, but that's one of those things where everybody in the room is going to kind of look at her there, you know, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I thought it was a well done scene. And I, the way I get it is that Viserys kind of didn't really even, I don't want to necessarily say he didn't want to be king, but he, I don't think it meant as much to him as it meant to Rainey's. And yeah. I think they do a good job of kind of showing that here and, and seeing Emma pregnant and stuff like that. So uh, they move some things around. Obviously, they're going to do that to kind of make some of these timelines match up. You know, they age up some characters, yeah. they age down some characters and things like that. But I mean, again, right away, just I think just this first scene in this in Heron Hall here, you just see it just it feels so much like there was nothing on Wheel of Time that looked this big. Right. Yeah. Right. Did anything look that epic? It's just something about the aesthetic they use. And this is before. We bust into that first scene of seeing the dragon fly through King's Landing. Right. Even before, right away, I'm like, oh, this just feels so special already. So, yeah, I love it. I think it was great. But, um, yeah, I guess we got to we gotta talk about, if you want a big welcome back into Westeros, seeing a dragon, seeing Cyrax fly Rhaenyra around King's Landing to open up. The awesome music and just everything looks awesome. Flying all the way to the dragon pit, which is actually still intact at this time, mm -hmm. in this, this part of the timeline. Just, I mean... If you weren't already like, okay, I'm putting back on a comfortable pair of pants, I don't I don't know really yeah. what you were expecting. That was the first thing that struck me was that opening scene. And my initial thought was, I said, oh, my God, it's Heron Hall. And at that moment, I was just like, we're back. Like, we're literally back in my favorite world. And I know what that is. And then <laughs> like, throughout the whole episode, seeing all of this iconic, you know, architecture that we know through lore and we know through the histories and we know from game of thrones and a song of ice and fire seeing it 
you know, we know it was built by the Targaryens and made by the Targaryens and then seeing it, like them being able to employ it and it being used in real life, like that was just so satisfying. And, you know, that, that where um, that courtyard in the Red Keep where Cersei did her map on the floor, like when they panned right into that, I was like, oh, I know that room. <laughs> like, I just love feeling, like you said, like comfortable sweatpants, we're back home. I loved it. Seeing the uh, dragon tamers uh, speaking in High Valyrian to Cyrax, oh, yes. just really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, I love how much just old Valyrian they're using on the show. Yeah. Yes, really awesome. Really, and we're going to get so much more of that because really, mm -hmm. it was it wasn't a dead language in a Game of Thrones, but if you weren't Nessos, like it was pretty dead language, and uh, we're going to hear so much more of that. And I love how they kind of seamlessly kind of transitioned in and out of it, and I I just I'm so excited to hear more of that. It's a beautiful language. So did it bother you guys at all that there wasn't an intro sequence? Now, I know we have had it confirmed now that it will be on episode two. But, I mean, honestly, I was like, that's just kind of like a Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad where you just, just give me the Targaryen logo. I was actually fine with that. I, I didn't need it. Because it feels like at this point, all anybody's going to do is compare it to that opening sequence of yeah. Game of Thrones, right? And I feel like something they do here is like, like they want you to feel like you're back in this world, but they don't want you just to be nudging you the whole time. Be like, hey, remember when you liked this on Game of Thrones? Mm -hmm. I love that they're not doing that. So... I was fine with it, but I won't lie. I'm kind of anxious to see what they come up with next week. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have strong feelings on it one way or the other, but if they can make it as good or better than the Game of Thrones intro sequence that I'm here for it, because I am a sucker for a good, long, obnoxiously elaborate uh, <laughs> intro sequence. Like, I mean, you, you know, I just finished Black Sails recently, and that one has like a really oh, good one. Just, yeah. And I was just thinking, it's not quite as good as Game of Thrones, but that's a good one. So I would definitely take another Another one. My my ringtone on my phone needs to be updated. So <laughs> it'll be cool to see what they do, but I I didn't miss it personally. I mean, honestly, if even if it was like the same thing and the map was just updated, <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad about it. <laughs> but uh, but I'm sure, like I said, they do want to kind of like I don't want to say they don't want to write off the coattails of Game of Thrones, but I do think they want to make it feel like its own thing. I, I yeah. really do. So I, I don't see them doing that, even though it was pretty cool to kind of hear that theme somewhat at the, you know, at the end. Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah that, was, that was really cool stuff. And I like how the, the, the music we did get at the beginning had that very um, recognizable and distinct Targaryen noise they make. Like every time Daenerys would say Dracarys, we would get that. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it's like a yeah. cello sound. Mm -hmm. I like that they incorporated that back in because we recognize it. And yeah, it means Targaryen. <laughs> So let's talk about Rhaenyra, the realm's delight, if you will, and uh, young Lady Alicent Hightower. Now, we're going to get the young version of them and then, of course, the aged-up version of them. There are going to be time skips on the show, guys. But as far as these two, uh, I think with this is they've aged Rhaenyra up a couple years, and they've aged Alicent down a few years. I actually like this change, making them like childhood friends because yep. it's going to make things that happen later, guys, like, oh, so good. Let's just leave it at that. But uh, I think that their chemistry is really, really good right away. I believe that these two are actually friends. So uh, great job on the casting because they really do look like younger versions of those other actresses. They do. But uh, just their, their scenes here together right away, I, I feel okay, this is another thing I feel like this has over Witcher, this has over Wheel of Time, whatever. I believe that these characters you know, know each other, that they've been right. around each other for a long time. I yeah. I was just going to say real quick that, I mean, I have a lot of positive things to say about young Rhaenyra, but I was, I was impressed by young Alicent every time she was on the screen. 
Like she has a couple of moments where it's really important that she seems genuine and that she is connecting with people and has good chemistry with people. And I think she sold it every time. Like every time she was on screen, I was buying it. I thought their scene together in the Godswood was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, some really cool Easter eggs about Nymeria's ships and this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, just Allison saying, like, you know, is this going to be a problem with you having a brother that's going to be the heir and all this stuff? And and I know. like that she doesn't she doesn't fuck around when it comes to cake. She's not kidding. <laughs> She's serious, you know, because I am serious <laughs> about cake as well. But yeah, <laughs> little, little things like that. I feel like dialogue like that would just ruin any other show. But they feel like I feel like they have a good way of making it work here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that whole scene, even though they don't, you know, you get all nitty nitpicky and be like, they don't have a heart tree in King's Landing. I don't care. It looked really, really awesome. You know, so little things like that, changes like that aren't going to bother me again. You look at some of the changes of some of these other big fantasy books that we love. I, I think that that one's not really going to bother me uh, at, like at all. But uh, yeah, and the costuming again, I mean, how many times because we say their costuming just looks amazing. I think that every dress that Rhaenyra wears this episode is just just fantastic I, I i just can't get enough of the costuming department here them give them the emmy now right no doubt really really good so we got to talk about uh the, the the big worry that madison had going in here i'm gonna put you on the spot here her big worry was matt smith and listen, you weren't alone a lot of people <laughs> were matt smith i do want to talk about matt smith and so we got to talk about damon his <laughs> introduction here again i love how much they're using old valerian anybody get like flashbacks to uh to kingslayer like sitting on the throne when dead comes in the throne room kind of thing here where he's sitting on the throne yeah the posturing and everything it's really yeah. good uh but you know it is very creepy how he is with with rainier but guys you're just gonna have to get used to the targaryens are very very hands-on with each other. Let's just put it that way. They, they are, but, but it's a cultural yeah, I mean, the, thing. <laughs> the fact that they talked old Valyrian for that long, I thought it would just be like a couple of lines did that long, but uh, yeah, I think it's about as best way as they could have introduced a character like Damon. But mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just overall, how are you feeling about Matt Smith? Uh, you know, early on. Yeah. So I will say that my reservation was, I'll just say it strictly just visual because I love Damon Targaryen because he is a, and this isn't a spoiler because you can tell in one episode, he is a bad motherfucker. Okay. And to me, Matt Smith just looked kind of like a puppy dog face and kind of soft. And I've never seen Dr. Who I've never seen like Morbius, like other things he's in. I just, I had no point of reference, but I knew he was a good actor and I knew that they, you know, they pay close attention to casting and stuff. So I was like, well, obviously I'm going to give him a shot, but I just can't see it. But I will say it took me about eight seconds of him being on screen for me to be like, I'm sold. Mm. Like every scene he was in, he stole the scene and it was subtle. It was mannerisms and facial expressions and the pauses he allowed. And he is awesome. And I'm a hundred percent team Matt for, uh, Damon, for sure. I'm sold. It's a really complicated character, so it, it requires a really good actor to pull off because, you know, he's got a little bit of Magar the Cruel in him, but he's also kind of a family guy, mm -hmm. and he's also loves his brother, even though he kind of hates his brother. So, like, it's, you've got to really be nuanced and be a really good actor to pull it off, and I thought he was incredible. Uh, my favorite actor in the in the show is Patty Considine as, uh, as the series, but, uh, yeah, Matt Smith was or behind i thought the series was incredible all the way through yeah i think uh, i'm the doctor who fan here and, and matt smith is my favorite doctor the 11th doctor and i think that a lot of people who haven't watched 
Game of Thrones have only seen like the the funny gifts of Doctor Who and stuff, and they think <laughs> sure. that he's just a big goofball. And he is, but he does do serious and sometimes vicious on mm-hmm. Doctor Who. So, and I'd seen him on The Crown. So, I, I, I I'm sorry, guys, I never watched Morbius. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but uh, yeah, uh, I knew this guy was going to be great, and I knew I, I expected people to come around on him. Uh, after they saw him, but I didn't expect it after the first episode. It did honestly. not take long, and, and I'm not exaggerating. Like I was, I was not even a full minute into that scene, and I was like, "This is amazing! It's perfect! Yep. I love it." So, how about him as uh, you know the leader of the City Watch? Now, he didn't create the City Watch, but he did create the Gold Cloak. So, I'm glad yeah. that we got to see that here. And if there were any worries about the violence being toned down on this from Game of Thrones, guys, it is over as soon as they're cutting someone's <laughs> ball sack off <laughs> and showing it to you. Holy hell, that was brutal, wasn't it? I have something I wanted to make sure you guys caught in that scene because I had to rewind it like five times because I enjoyed it so much. When they yanked that guy's pants down and they're about to cut his balls off, he farts audibly. <laughs> Go back and watch it. It's like a... Oh, and, and you once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And I thought, no, there's no way. So I watched it on my phone with my headphones in so I could double check, totally farted. Well, I mean, I guess they do say you do shit yourself before you die, you know, but uh, I don't know. Um, I guess you would probably fart before someone cut your nuts off. I mean, I, 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 I can't speak from experience, thank God. But, uh, but but again, we had heard all this stuff about how, oh, you can't make this show like you could have made it in 2000 oh, okay. when we made Game of Thrones. So I thought, damn, are they going to PG-13 down the violence and the sex? Mm-hmm. And the br- no, no, guys. The language is just as bad. The violence is just as bad. The shock value might be worse, which we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, and apparently they 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 are not above a, a good fart every once in a while. I'll have to I'll have to watch a third. You have to go back and watch it now. It was so funny, but uh, that scene was. I mean, obviously it's terrible and brutal, and like I do not condone that kind of violence. But I'm not gonna lie. I was like, okay, he's like here to get stuff done. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I know we're gonna talk about this more when we get to the attorney talk, but. Where I started with this opinion is this scene and the armor in this first episode is beyond perfect and good. And I'm not just talking about like helmets and that kind of stuff. The detail and the realistic look of all of the armor is unlike any other TV show or movie I've ever seen. Like they have gambesons on. They like the leather straps look authentic. Like all the every chain you know in the links looks perfect and i'm just such a huge nerd for that kind of attention to detail so we talked about costuming in general but man when you watch next pay close attention to the armor because it is so good i, and love, I it. love you because they talk about it you're uh rainy's telling uh corliss that you know these they're all soft they've never actually seen war in their lifetimes or whatever so yeah i think you do get like a little bit more of like ornamental armor because i mean i don't think that like I wasn't crazy about Daemon's dragon helm, but I'm just saying you wouldn't wear that to war. But sure, you'd wear it in a tournament. It's right? a tourney helmet, like every high tower yeah. helmet, which looks like the Citadel, which is just awesome. I mean, stuff like that is just so cool. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that George obsesses on in his books, right? I mean, and this is a a a Song of Ice and Fire, a Game of Thrones, the book comment. But like when Ned goes to the armory, they offer to make him a helmet in the shape of a wolf. Because mm-hmm. every major house, if you participated in attorney, you wore a ridiculous helmet that had your sigil like lifelike. So I liked the helmet he wore when they were like killing all the criminals better because it was the dragon still, like the shape of the dragon just without these guys. 
Yeah. But uh, I was just, I'm a big fan. I love the plume. I love how, yeah, it was just awesome. Really? Loved it. So uh, we get to see uh, Otto and Damon, guys. These two mm-hmm. don't like each other, okay? I mean, that's that, that's about what gave it away. easy to tell, <laughs> obviously, right away. But there's a key moment in this scene that made me say, oh, my God, these guys are such book fans. Something so simple that anybody else wouldn't even know is when he's talking about Damon's wife, Rhea Royce, mm-hmm. he refers to her as the bronze bitch, which yeah. is just like such a tiny little drop from the book. And the fact that they put little tiny lines in there is the stuff that makes book fans geek out. They're like, okay, these guys actually read this stuff. So, yeah, okay. I think that Ryan Connell knows these books better than me. So, the drop that the sheep were better looking than the women up in the <laughs> yeah, that- which was another good callback. So, uh, uh, Otto Hightower here. I gotta say, I think this is a great casting. Uh, I think that I mean, it seems like we have like a the book readers and the not book readers kind of disagreeing on what this character is going to be on the show, kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, just it's bottom line is he's you know, he's pretty much I want to say he's team anybody but Damon, but I think kind of seeing this episode, he's kind of team Hightower as well. Yeah. So, I think he's very good at playing this game. So, if you want a a little finger or a, or a, a, a Tywin Lannister type of character. I think that, you know, those people are going to kind of get that with Otto Hightower here. So uh, yeah. I thought it was a great introduction. And what are the marbles for? I think it's just to show that uh, the, like your present is that taking role? I think, I, I don't know. Yeah. I uh, think it's kind of like the, all right, we're getting down to business. And I think they look like they had different colors on different sides. So maybe it's kind of like a speaking stick. Like if you have the floor, you flip it to the side. Mm-hmm. The yellow side, and if you're listening, I mean, I think it's just something official to like officiate and start the meeting, and be like, we're all listening. I don't know. I I can't wait to hear more because they really made a point of showing them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, me and my wife thought maybe it was like somebody used a vote. You know, all in favor, yeah, and they like maybe. roll it maybe a certain way. I have no idea. And then I thought maybe they're dragon eyes. <laughs> I was going with all kinds of things, but I have, I have no idea. But I guess it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. But another thing, guys, is if you thought that the sex was going to be toned down <laughs> in the series. Look, I'm not going to lie. I love Matt Smith. I could have went my whole life without seeing the 11th Doctor's bare ass. But you know what? This is an equal opportunity show, guys. We're going to see some some new. I was I was thankful he put that that throw around just at the right second. So I didn't <laughs> get the sausage. But, you know, if that's something that you were hoping to see out there, I know that Matt Smith does have a lot of fans. Let's put it that way. But uh, again... I just kept, just kind of like was buying into this this stuff about them saying that they were going to like tone some stuff down. I don't see one thing that was toned down here from mm-hmm. if this came out in 2011. No, I no. don't. And I'm glad about that. That's good. I yeah, want to be too. That's I mean that's honestly, do you guys really want them to defang this show and then it'll just be like every other fantasy show? Do you really want them to do that? I mean, if you want <laughs> 13 Game of Thrones, go watch Rain on CW. I don't know. I I have no idea why people would want Game of Thrones, not to be shocking, not to be in your face and with the brutality. I mean, it's what's in the books, you know? And so I'm fine with it. But like I said, I could have went without seeing that ass. And you know what? When it comes to the sausage, it's just the first episode. We have a whole season. (laughs) There's still a chance. Hold hope alive, Mads. Did did they even say Masaria by name? Did they even say her name in this episode? I don't think so. Um, I was listening for it. I didn't. I didn't hear anybody call her by name. In case you guys don't know, that is uh, that is Damon's uh, paramour. I believe he likes to refer to her as. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be an important character. Uh, so I was just actually kind of surprised 
Uh, first, that they had her in the episode and not say her name, but uh, I think that we kind of see, you know, at the end, with Caraxes, which was awesome, by the way, we'll get to. But uh, yeah, seeing him try to get her, get Caraxes to like accept her uh, <laughs> briefly, you know, really, really before uh, before they get on there. And, and oh my God, they got saddles on the dragons now. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm so glad to see that. It. Okay, I can't wait. Let's talk about the dragons here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Cyrax and and Caraxes, the only two that we saw now. Caraxes, I'm not gonna lie, uh, I'm, I'm a fanboy. This is my favorite dragon in all of this universe. I named my red Dodge Challenger after Caraxes. Uh, I love this dragon so much. The Bloodworm looks incredible. I yeah. love that they're making them just look so different, not just you know a different shade of color. I know that's something that George complained about with the original series. He didn't like that all three dragons kind of look similar, he didn't like that. Yeah. So they're trying to make these dragons look different this go around. And wow, I mean, it's just just two so far, but I can't wait to see what they what else they've got. I love when uh when they're doing like the uh the funeral pyre and you see Cyrex kind of like climbing down on the on the wings, just so cool looking. But uh yeah, I, they're they're not wasting any money on this. I think a friend of mine joked today, I wonder if Matt Smith happened to be on a show that's paying more per episode than they did his entire run on Doctor Who for budget. See, um, um. Brick Black Dread's uh, skull was really cool too. That was I thought really nicely detailed. Yeah. That was my favorite scene in the whole thing. So we'll we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But I was talking to my brother, and uh, I said one thing I really liked about this episode too was that in in Game of Thrones we only saw dragons as weapons. Every Dracarys we got was to roast somebody and be used as a weapon, mm -hmm. and so it was nice in this episode to see that, you know, 170 something years ago, like they weren't just weapons. I mean, they were weapons, <laughs> but they were also companions and they were used. I mean, like that's a huge honor as a Targaryen to have your pyre lit by dragon fire. Like they mm -hmm. showing them used as tools and showing them used as companions and stuff. I really like that we're gonna get more dragons and just dragon culture and a culture that's used to seeing dragons. Yeah, my wife brought that up in the opening scene where uh, Rhaenyra's flying Cyrax over King's Landing and people are just walking in the streets. They're not even looking up. You know, right. it's just like so normalized for them that they don't even think anything crazy about it. So uh, it's a really uh, kind of a subtle way of showing that this is just everyday business in King's yes. Landing right now. So I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. But uh, let's talk about the tournament, huh? Because, I mean, this <gasps> is awesome. Okay, now. First off, the change for the book is this tournament was actually held in honor of Viserys being named king, not mm -hmm. in honor of the heir, which kind of seems presumptuous a little bit. But again, they've got to move stuff around, and I think it works fine. Uh, I mean, we know how it uh, how it goes for him on the show here. But, uh, I mean, just for this tournament, I think that this makes up for the 12-people tournament that they had in the original series. <laughs> Like, I remember when we watched it the first time, my wife nudged me and said, this looks like I have more people at a pep rally at my junior high. <laughs> you know, so I, we understand they didn't have the budget that they have now. Sure. But I, I think this is just amazing. Everything yeah, about it. Yeah, they made it, up for it, for sure. Yeah, we already talked about the costume and stuff, just the look of it. I love how visceral it is. All those jousts. I like how, like, Damon's jousts has got the little fist on the front. I think that's mm -hmm. a cool touch. You know, how they go and they ask for someone's favor, and Damon's <laughs> just blatantly trolling Hightower the whole time. I was like, this guy so, is. So many good things. And, oh, my God. <laughs> Kristen Cole is a bad son of a bitch, ain't he? I mean, I'm biased because I love me a good morning star. I think it's such an yeah. underrated weapon. But everything about this scene, I, I could not have been happier really? with any of it. 
seeing the small folk, uh, folk looking for blood. That was cool too. Oh yeah. Like, hello, hello. Yeah, I see if they're just, yeah, they have no idea of, of what to do with entertainment at this point, because like I said, they've never seen battle or anything. So, Hey, this is uh, you know, this is gladiators here. And I was actually kind of stunned to be like, you know, don't you think that someone would break them up? And I'm like, no, oh, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, they, but... they signed the waiver. <laughs> they knew yeah. they were having to. Um, and I've heard a couple people say that like, other than that one scene, you know, with when they're executing all those prisoners, it really didn't have that much violence. And I'm like, you guys need to go watch that tourney scene again. Dude, they, was literally, collapsed. they literally <laughs> wrenched someone's face in half. Right. Like, it was brutal, like super, super graphic. And just the the back and forth with the terrible, like horrific C-section and then how it like mi mirrored his dream he talked about with the, you know, the clashing of the shields and the cheering of the crowd and how it would just I go back and forth. I thought that was one of the coolest scenes. I mean, I couldn't have even planned it out that well. So I just glad there's people that are way more creative and have vision that make shows because I thought that was perfect. Yeah. Interweaving those two sequences was a brilliant idea. Oh. Um, you mentioned it earlier, Mike, but the uh, Rainey's talking to um, talk Corliss about these guys are all green as grass and, you know, let them have it out and that kind of stuff. That little conversation there was really cool, too, I thought. Very nice. And I hope we're going to see more of those two. I guess I know a lot of people were saying, oh, I expected more of Corliss and Rainey. It's like it's the first we'll, hour, guys. Trust we'll me. You're gonna a get, little bit give them some time. You're, you're going to see plenty <laughs> of them. But uh, yeah, just anytime I felt like, okay, this is really fast paced, but they let you catch your breath with the dialogue. And it was like perfectly paced. I never felt like, oh, no, take me back to the action. Oh, no, take me back to the dialogue. I think right. it's great. You know, there's people. Uh, is that Beesbury that's uh, that's that's making mm -hmm. the bets, you know, five <laughs> five yeah. dragons on, on Daemon and stuff like that. Little things like that that just, yeah, just so fun. Mm -hmm. But I would say the one moment in that whole thing that was just awesome. Look, look how fast. Like they break, they splinter their, their joust, and they run around, they get another one. There's no waiting and stopping and resetting and stuff. Thought that helped. Dude, Damon got rocked when he got like knocked <laughs> off and like dragged down the divider. Yeah. That was so metal, man. Kristen Cole whooped that ass. He did. He did. And then da Damon, you know what? You had him and you turned your back on. Don't ever turn your back on someone in this world. What are you doing, man? I'm like, he did not watch Game of Thrones to see <laughs> Oberyn Martell <laughs> his mistake. <laughs> he, was, he was celebrating a little too early. <laughs> but I mean, just that fight between the two of them is just so awesome. Like er, er, any other, think of any other fantasy show that's been made. And it's like nothing is as good or as real or as visceral as that. And that's yeah, yeah, it's it's made up to my hound. And in the mountain in that first season uh, fight, it's kind of made up for it. I kind of felt it was just really, really great. The Morning Star just, just destroying the shield. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. So, yeah, yeah, their fight choreography people, I think, know what they're doing, is, is what I took out of it. So. I'm willing to, I'm going to go on record and say, I think everyone on the show has their shit together. <laughs> they, they, they do know what they're doing. The writing is great. I, I mean, I've seen some people in the comments say they didn't like some of the dialogue, I had no problems with it. I thought all the props were awesome. I thought all the dialogue was good. But uh, yeah, everything about this tourney, uh, I don't think I, I I could have liked it any better than I did. And some, pe some people were saying like, oh, it kind of looks like soulless or fake. I was like, you were watching something different than me. I didn't, I didn't have any problems with any CGI on the show. I felt it was very minimal. Yeah. You know, it was very minimal. And now that they have a bigger budget, they can afford extras and make it look like there's a lot of people there. And that's what we need for a nice tournament. So I know Madison is excited talk about this medieval c-section here <laughs> because now this is another thing guys now, this is something i think it's going to be great on the show is there's a lots of things in here and in here 
that are, it's a history, you know, it doesn't go into the details. It'll just say Emma died during childbirth and then Baylor died a day later. And mm -hmm. you're, that's it. So they've got room to kind of work stuff in here. This was so traumatic that it made my <laughs> wife do this to the TV. Yeah, no. On my second re on my second watch, I kind of like la 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 a little bit because it was hard to watch. Yeah, it was. and not just from her perspective. Of first of all, this is an unknown procedure. She didn't even know that this was an option, much less that it was happening. Right. Um, it's okay, painful. I mean, that goes without saying. But I'm watching Viserys, knowing that his wife is dying an excruciating death. Right. And like how, I mean, I'm sure he just, I mean, he loved her like that yeah. was a heartbreak. And then for, and then for it, I mean, cause I'm sure he'll forever go, you know, Balon died anyway. At least she could have died a peaceful death. Like hmm. this is, I mean, what a way to go and him having to watch it and hold her down. Like, Oh, <laughs> I did not like that. Someone else who's got their crap together, Scott, the makeup department obviously has their shit together. Cause I mean, I, she, my wife couldn't watch. I couldn't look away. I was just like, how is this even more disturbing than anything I can remember on Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh my God. You know, so, yeah, 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 it was, it was, it's brutal. And the fact that, you know, he doesn't even tell her, you know, he's just like, we're going to get the babe out, you know, and her realization of what's and actually she's happening. Like, what? Not well, what, what, what is telling her going to do? That's, that's not going to help her out. So, and I'm like, is there a medical person in the comments who can like, I'm like, if they're going to get the baby out really quickly, and because if you didn't have to worry about hurting her or holding her down, you could get the baby out really quickly. I'm like, could they not have just slit her throat and then like 30 seconds later got the baby out? Like, surely that would have been more humane. Because I know a, a baby can't live inside of a dead woman for very long, but surely if it's a minute or two, like there's enough oxygen still circulating for, like, I don't know. I'm just like, that just seems like, yeah. oh. Terrible like, no matter what. Terrible no matter what. Yeah. yeah, and I saw some people uh, being like, "Oh, I just, I just find Viserys so unlikable now." Guys, it won't be the last. You know, there's <laughs> you well, got to understand really, his duty as a king <laughs> is to put forth an heir. He didn't know? have. So I understand why. Look, they were going. It was either both were going to die both? or we try to save the yeah. baby. That's what people got to understand. He didn't both? choose the baby oh. over his wife. They were both going to die. Right. You know, so it's yeah, yeah, it was rough. Very, very rough. Ugh. Uh, yeah, like I said, kind of putting that scene at the same time because there's that scene earlier in the episode where where Viserys and Emma are talking, or I'm sorry, uh, Emma and Rhaenyra are talking, saying like you know the the, the birthing bed is our battlefield, mm -hmm. and so kind of interweaving that with them actually, you know, people getting their faces collapsed in at the tournament. I thought it was really really great. That was my guy Sapochnik's idea. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty smart. He's, he's pretty smart. He uh, he he knows some stuff. So uh, I don't know if you guys watched the inside of the episode after yeah. it. Great stuff. They talk about why they made some of the decisions that they did, and I can't disagree with anything they said. So yeah, we, in the comments, right um, Steph. In the comments, Steph W said it reminded her of um, Lori giving birth to Judith on The Walking Dead, and I had the exact same thought. Um, obviously, this was, you know, a little higher quality. That was a long time ago, and yeah. you know, but I, I thought of that exact same scene. Also, I was just like, oh, I had to watch another. Unanesthetic <laughs> C-section. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I, one thing I, I do like is I, I do feel like sometimes Damon can come off as just like a monster mm -hmm. in the book. He can. So I like them actually showing a little bit of nuance here. I mean, you see, he's actually he's tore up here for for his brother. You know, he does. Mm -hmm. He loves his brother. You can tell. But it, you know, he's the one that's trying to 
Rhaenyra is like, he won't even look at me or whatever. And he's like, he needs you right he now. There's you. no time to was, throw a tantrum. You know, I, I think that was great. Really, really great. That was scene. a good moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those two were going to be great together. I I, I hate that uh, was Millie, whatever the actress's name is playing Rhaenyra. I hate that no, she's not going to be on the show for long, honestly. Because she's awesome. Awesome. She, she was fantastic. I thought she was so good. Really, really good in the role. Very oh, but uh, yeah, it's getting to see Cyrax do the uh, the, the Dracaris, you know. And I, I know I, I saw these things today, like, oh, <laughs> check out this Daenerys Easter egg that you missed. And it's just that they said Dracaris, like, well, I mean, that's just you know, High Valyrian, but okay, that's the word for dragon fire, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, things like that. It, 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 they did say Dohiris, which yeah, means should yeah. mean uh, serve, mm -hmm. no, because it's all men must serve, all men must die. So, would that be, I mean, because. Yeah. Anyway, I just I just was like, oh, I, I know that word. <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend that I'm an expert in in old Valyrian, but I will say is that's not a that's not the nearest Easter egg. But hey, if, if that gets you clicks, man, you get that money. You get it. You get it. Go for it. But it is a fully it's a full language that you can learn and speak. Like it's a full functioning language. Mm -hmm. So is that a dagger for some people when you notice it doesn't even really like show. That Balon died, you just kind of, if you weren't paying attention, didn't know it just showed like a smaller thing, a smaller human wrapped up on the pyre. When, they, when they, they they made a point to show his breathing, it's really yeah. like wet and rattly. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, ah, oh, that's not going to work. Yeah. So, I mean, I did kind of, when they, when they panned out from the pyre and there was a little one and a big one, that's when I was like, oh, shit, the baby already died. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. I'm glad they didn't show the baby dying. We just had to watch uh, the mom die. Traumatic enough, yeah. Right. So I do like where Viserys, you can see that he's, he calls out Otto for his like blatant maneuvering. He's like, you know, you wanted him to be the master of coin. You said he spent too much. You want to be the Lord of the City Watch. You say he's too brutal or whatever. He's not stupid. You know, I know that Viserys kind of gets this rap as like a, a weak king. You know, just because he wasn't a wartime king, and after Valerian died, he didn't—he never really imprinted on. And he wasn't dragon. overly ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that him actually showing, you know, hey, you know what, I, I know what you're doing right now, you know, and just because I'm, you know, in grief doesn't mean that I'm just going to let you do whatever you want and trying to pit me and my brother against each other. I don't, I really don't appreciate that shit. So I, I do like him calling him out there, and you know, when he's got Blackfire on the throne, he's got it held like this, like he's about to pick that shit up and swing it at Daemon later. So. I think it's one of those things where, you know, you may look at him as a weak king, but he'll still get up and stab your ass if he's got to, you know. And I, think I, know. I think that Patty Constantine's just awesome. He's just an awesome actor. This is, Viserys is a character I never really expected to appreciate this. You the show, he's yeah. He's just nailing it. I think that's the biggest change that I really like is in the book. He's just this, you know, glad hander that just wants to make everybody happy. And he's a real character in the show and a really good character. So I, I thought that was a change that was very welcome. Yeah, everybody in the comments seems to like Patty Constantine as well. So, yeah. as they should, he was fantastic. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, air for a day. Uh, this is the original like loose lips sink ships kind of moment in Westeros, and it's <laughs> like uh, he says, like everybody mourns around what, bro. At least leave city limits before you start. Tacky, up my guy. Yeah, tacky. What are you doing? And again. If you're concerned about the lack of sex, they have an orgy going on in the background, you guys. An orgy that freeze frames when Damon gets up and starts giving you his little speech there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. It feels like they, they kind of had a scene like this in The Witcher, but it was done way better here, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I guess I just, 
I had actually kind of bought in that they were going to kind of try to tone down at least the sexual content a bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I know that there, there's not going to be another sex position. Like you watch season one of Game of Thrones and the sex position scene with Littlefinger is just like, it's oh, my God, cringy. it's painful. Yeah. This is painful. So I don't feel like it got there. But uh, but but yeah, the, the loose lip sync ships. And then, of course, you have the confrontation in the throne room, which is my favorite scene of the entire I'm, episode. Mm. Amazing acting on both these guys part. Yeah, just tremendously acted all around and, and i like that he calls, like, he calls auto a cunt. <laughs> that, that's funny too yeah you're going to return to the air and you're going to return to your wife and you're going to do it without complaint just really really good yeah sent his ass back to the veil that's it's 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 so good and then we get to see caraxes you know the blood worm and like i said he's trying to get uh get the dragon i guess to accept my cereal on the fly real fast which i don't know it he didn't look happy about it you know he's trying to control him he did not look happy about it like at all but i think it's really I might be wrong, but I think they're using like a mix of practical, you know, when it's up close and then they're doing the CGI when it's, you know, flying and stuff. But it looks awesome. Uh, I love the way uh, the long neck really does make them look like a worm. So that's just it's such a cool design. I, I don't know what else to say other than yeah. just it blew me away with how he looks. Caraxes. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for Sunfire. That's my favorite dragon. So I'm pretty. I mean, I'm so excited to see more dragons. Mm -hmm. Ten adult dragons. Yay. <laughs> Maybe we'll see Sheep Stealer or whatever that one is called. Be <laughs> Sheep Stealer. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, now, not all of them have epic names, you guys. But remember, this is yes. the author who created a character called Shitmouth. Let's be honest. I, mean, I love George. God bless him. He's a genius. But, you know, even he has some sometimes you're like, huh. <laughs> it's like Brian Lee Durfee naming a dog beer mug. You know, I'm all for it. But uh, get back to that throne room scene. Uh, I just. If you were on the fence about either one of these actors, I mean, I guy, I think that's that's the scene really. I think that will convince anyone that, yeah, yep. they, they, this has got good direction, great writing, and obviously spectacular acting. So uh, yeah, I love that whole scene. And like I said, Black Fire just looks awesome. What do you guys think about the updated version of the throne? I'm Better. fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're never going to be level. able to. They're yeah. never going to be able to do the you know the long stairs one because, like I said, that you, you be you hey you down there. This is my you know they won't ever be able to to, to shoot that on television. So right. I understand why they, they did, but bring them. you know uh, thousands of swords uh, from everybody to bend the knee to to Aegon. I think that's that, that that's yeah. really cool. I, in the original show, it does look like. I mean, it, it doesn't just, I mean, it does look like a set piece, but like, it looks like it's one piece. And this one, you can really see the individual swords, especially leading up to it. Like, it just looks like a pile of spiky swords, which is exactly what it's supposed to look like. So I'm happy with it. I like seeing uh, the series cut himself on it. That was good times. Yeah. yeah. Omens, we call those. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what Crow's saying here is, is something that uh, I wanted to bring up is I've seen a lot of people say, Oh, uh, they couldn't take Patty Constantine seriously because he was in Hot Fuzz. They can't take Matt Smith seriously because he was Doctor Who. I was like, well, I mean, they're called actors, guys. Actors, I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you can, you can get typecast. I mean, like everything I see Daniel Radcliffe in, I'm, I'm always going to think it's Harry Potter. Sorry, it's just, it, it, that's and he's really good, sometimes. which is, uh, yeah. yeah, but I, mean, I, I don't think that I'm unable to suspend my belief enough. I mean, I'm. I don't know. I just, that's just not a complaint for me. I, I, I like seeing other actors do something that maybe not might not be in their comfort zone or something you've never mm -hmm. seen them do before. Yeah, like when a comedian makes a transition to, you know, serious acting and they're actually pretty good at it. You know, it, it, well, it it's kind of like we were all a little bit nervous about Chris Pratt being in the terminal list, playing a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. And 
it you know it took a couple episodes but i was just like honestly he's kind of killing it so yeah. yeah actors are supposed to trick you into thinking that they're one person and really that's not them at all they're acting so mm -hmm. i love that when someone can just like make you like spin your head and go oh my gosh is that the same person like that's a good actor mm -hmm. if i have seen any criticism of this episode and I'll be honest guys i'll be like the uh, biggest premiere in hbo series premiere in hbo history uh so i mean obviously all the people that all those people that said they weren't going to watch because they were too mad about season eight, I mean, either they're full of shit or there's a lot of people <laughs> with some bot accounts gone on HBO Max, I think. Crashed HBO Max. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just, wow. You know, I, think I saw it, a really I, cool video and it, this, it, the person filming it was on the streets of some city where they have like, you know, 15 story tall apartment building and it's showing yeah, the showing windows all the TV changing. and yeah. about 40 or 50% of the windows were all like in unison light wise because they were all watching the same show, which was of course <laughs> episode one of house of the dragon. That's, but that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, obviously that, that everybody was not everybody, but most people were going to tune in for the pilot. I would say I'll be interested to see what that whole percentage is. Now, it's going to go down. It always goes down for every TV show. It goes down. But the thing is, like, I haven't heard a ton of people say they didn't really like it or exceed their expectations. Same. I've seen much more of, you know, much more of like Al Pacino. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. That's what I'm seeing a lot of uh, the last couple, last 48 hours, I think. And I think it's even, like I said, it, I had very high expectations for this and it exceeded them. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think that they could have done anything better, but. There is this one scene. If anyone has some gripes, there are some people that are kind of iffy about this part. I'm going to talk about it and say, it don't bother me at all because you know what? Unlike Madison, I've let season seven, eight of Game of Thrones <laughs> go, and I don't let it bother me anymore about who's sitting on the throne. So when they make up something like this, it doesn't bother me at all because I don't let fan fiction bother me. But I'll let you get, I'll let you finish. Don't worry. Uh, but uh, with the saying that the you know, Aegon's dream was a song of ice and fire, and I'm making this comment because Matt's like, yeah, but now I'm just mad because I know Bran sits on the throne. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't want them to feel like they're beholden to that. Now, I'm not saying they're going to retcon anything. They're not going to do like Star Wars is doing where they just pretend like the sequels didn't even happen. <laughs> they are like, he who should not be named. But I don't want them feeling like they're beholden to that. You know, I mean, maybe this Jon Snow show that they're going to do. Maybe John says, you know what? F that. I'm going to go get my chair back. You know, you never know. Anyway, I don't want to go down that route. I love this scene. This is my favorite scene because he's giving Rhaenyria an obligation rather than a gift. He's giving her something that she needs to uh, have as sort of a trust and, and be responsible for. Yeah, this is your heritage. This is your legacy. Yeah. Kind of a, like this is a reward or something to be cherished. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought it was amazing. I thought that that scene. And the music. Oh, my Brad, God. Yeah. Yeah, so they're really playing into the Prince that was promised stuff. So yeah, yeah, it was really, really. I, I no, and again, I'm happy to get past it. Like <laughs> I'm ready for that. It was just an interesting choice, considering that was something they did. Like mm -hmm. this is an HBO show, and they did that, and now they're referencing something that they made irrelevant. So yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting, considering that was all on them. But it's fine. Like it's complete. I'm I'm fine with treating this as something separate. I'm fine with that. I just this, this is the kind of the parts where I'm like, okay, they've got George pretty much. I think that Ryan Connell's got him on speed dial, you know, yeah. because we do know that there are conflicting reports of what happened in these books, <laughs> you know, let's put it that way. This is a friend of a friend of a friend was at a bar and he told me that this actually is what happened. You know, they have a lot of that in these books, but I mm -hmm. do think that there, you Connell will get up on the phone and be like, Hey, uh, Hey George, what, what, what actually happened? What did and you want? Yeah. 
So I think that he's more than just a consultant. He's a decision maker on some Confident. of these things, I think. So I feel like this is playing more into, hey, uh, so what's going to happen that we haven't actually read yet? You know, <laughs> so maybe that's just me so. being hopeful for the books and stuff like that still. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I think is kind of happening here. But uh, I thought it was an awesome scene. I had a oh. problem with it. I had one of the... One of the things that did annoy me, one of the things that did annoy me about the other ones, they just kind of like dropped Azura High, dropped mm-hmm. Prince of His Promise, all that stuff, you know? So right. if they're going to that, that's that all that I was here, saying was that's an interesting choice to dredge something back up that you made irrelevant. Like you did that. Yeah. So, but again, I like I said, I'm happy to never talk about it again. It was just an interesting, I'm like, of all the things for you to reference from your show, you picked that one that made us all really mad and was a bad choice interesting on your part but okay <laughs> a wizard is never late rachel you're just on time <laughs> so um valerian skull we already talked about that that's 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 pretty much an awesome Badass. scene uh, okay. I, I love sometimes it's kind of a, this weird thing that my wife points out because she points out weird things like this when they're actually in a small council and you see like the giant chandelier with all the candles and it's just like roaring flames she's like why isn't there anything like falling down onto the table <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's 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 really cool. It's, it's really cool visual. I think. I'd um, seen all the candles said, around Valerian skull was just just too cool, too yeah. cool. You know. In that opening like council scene, my brother was like, "Wow, it was really cool to actually see a king at the small council meeting." Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then he's he asked me this, and I would have to re-listen to the original joke to to he said when we opened that scene and uh, Valerian or no. Um, um, Sirius was telling that a punchline to a joke. He said, what if that was the punchline to Tyrion's joke? And I'm like, oh, I have to go put it together now. Like, what a, what a cool Easter egg that would be. You know the, the mm-hmm. joke that Tyrion tries to tell two or three times that he never gets to the punchline? Like, how amazing would that be? <laughs> so I'll have to do some research and get back with you guys. All right. I think that Damon does pretty much confirm it when uh, when Viserys asked him, did you say it? You can see he's like, shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we all mourn our own way. So it was like a, a confirmation by silence. You know, I think that he, he did actually. Because at first I was like, oh, I don't like this if they're just going to make it just Otto being a gossip. But you can see the look in his face. He was guilty as, as soon as he heard it. So I think it was, I mean, it does say in here, it was just kind of like a just being a drunken braggart about, ah, I'm still the heir, you know, ha ha, you know, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's actually confirmed. But I, I would have been upset if it was just Otto gossiping you know but I, I got you gotta talk about auto for a second here is i am glad guys that i live in a world where i don't have to use my children as chess pieces that's mm. really really good right and yeah. it's not just okay uh i'm gonna have my daughter married to your son to keep peace between these two families it's a uh, hey you know the, the king might need comfort go ahead and put on your mom's dress while you're at it yeah yeah oh <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I do love that she comes in there with this massive tome and she's like I brought a book. I'm like, yeah. I I like <laughs> What's up with the uh, with the carving of? Uh, is that King's cool. Landing? I don't know what he was doing. But pretty cool. It's his little hobby. It's his like miniature King's I Landing. I think since it's a time of peace and prosperity, you got to find stuff to do. So he's just carving. He's just carving. Uh, maybe it's Minas Tirith. Maybe he's just a, a Lord of the Rings fan <laughs> carving Minas Tirith in the side of a mountain. You know. So, but yeah, that scene with Otto, I was just like, oh man, that's that's oh god. You know, my wife and, looked at me she's like is he really doing that i'm like yeah, yeah. he's really doing that that's what's and happening. again like it's really gross and weird to us <laughs> and i know this is fiction but if you go back to that same time period oh. in our history 
there were 14 year old girls marrying 58 year old men. Like that is, it is still gross, but it was not, it wasn't weird. It was, it was just what, you know, we had Royal rooms. Our job is to, you know, climb the political ladder and make Royal babies. Like that's what you just see the look on her face. Like Rhaenyra is not going to like this, (laughs) you know, I got to do my duty. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's very uncomfortable. So, I mean, I know that there are going to be people who, during the course of the show, are going to take their side. They're going to have your greens. You're going to have your blacks. It's going to happen. We haven't got there yet, guys, so we won't say too much about it. But I am surprised to see so much of it after the first episode. And, you know, this is just one of those things where when we know what we know, we're like, you know, just waiting mm-hmm. for the, you know, the, the, the fallout of things like that. But I think they did a good enough job setting up a cast this big in the first hour. Yep. I think they did a yeah. better job than they did in the first Impressive. episode of Game of Thrones. I think I Game think- of Thrones just had a better hook with, you know, Bran getting thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. That was a better hook to get people to tune back in. But I think right away, I mean, if you guys were paying attention to the episode at all, you know that, okay, most of these people don't want to see a female on the throne. So they're <laughs> not as accepting as it. I mean, you can see the long looks and they, you know, they're, they're, they're swearing filthy. But, you know, it's it's one of those things of as soon as I get out of this room, we'll tell you about what I really think about. And the irony of the only reason Viserys is king is because um, what's her name? Uh, All these R names are throwing me off. Not Rhaenyra. Rhaenys. Rhaenys. Rhaenys had a technically a better claim to the throne, but she was passed over only because she was a woman. Mm -hmm. And so it's the irony that the person she was passed over for chose a female heir i mean that stings yeah and you gotta think about what kind of positions this puts corliss in because you know <laughs> him and daemon are tight but yep. his wife kind of got screwed over so he's just like you yep. know i'm just gonna kind of keep my mouth shut on this one <laughs> maybe i don't really have too much of a uh, uh of an opinion yeah. on this that's kind of funny how he was like defending daemon and then he's like well since you're taking suggestions remember my <laughs> wife <laughs> <laughs> So next week's episode, uh, I think they're only they're doing like they did with uh, a lot of the episodes of Game of Thrones. They're not releasing, but the name of the title mm-hmm. until the next week, kind of oh. thing. They aren't releasing every single episode. Now they have leaked, but if you don't want to know, don't look for them. Uh, they're out there. They're two for two so far, so I don't know if they're right or not. But uh, this one is called The Rogue Prince. Mm-hmm. Now that is a novella by George that you can uh, see is all about Daemon. So I've got to assume that this episode. We're going to see what Damon gets up to now. I think that we're going to have some, we're going to be going through time a little quick here uh, because there are lots, still lots of things that got to happen before the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I believe, I think we're going to get probably the war for the Stepstones because uh, they do mention the triarchy in here. They do mention uh, what Kragas, uh, Crab Feeder, uh, which mm-hmm. you guys, I can't wait for you to see what he does. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that's probably what we're going to be seeing. And, and I think that's when you're going to get your Corliss stuff because uh, Damon and Corliss are very, very big in the war of the Stepstones. So. I think that's going to be like the big conflict. Uh, if you want like a whole war, that's what we're going to have in this this first season. So I imagine that's what we're going to have in the next episode. You guys got any any thoughts on any of that stuff? Just more Corliss is what I want. I love the characters. So yeah. we didn't get enough of him for me in the first episode. But I Indeed. think I like what I saw. I, th- I think mm-hmm. the actor's doing a good job yeah. with the character. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I look the way about uh, about Corliss is you know the Targaryens rule the sky, but you know he rules the sea kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I hope we get to see some of him, more of him, mm-hmm. out on the ships and stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about. about yeah, I have about a question for you guys of something I've just forgotten, even though I only read Fire and Blood like two months ago. Um, at this point, who is occupying Dragonstone? 
Well, I mean, Rainier is now. I don't know who had it previously, huh? Well, because like right now, Rainier lives at King's Landing in the Red Keep. So, like, who, what, what royal family member is occupying? Dragon I mean, I don't want to say it's vacant. Maybe they're just, I don't know. There's got to be somebody there. Yeah, you know, I'm just curious. Isn't it? Because I'm really excited to go back to Dragonstone. Like, it's going to happen. I'm really excited. I love, I want to go back and see that castle again, especially now that they, you know, we got all this budget and stuff. Like, I'm very excited to go back to Dragonstone. But I'm like, who is I think we might, we might see a, a Daemon at Dragonstone with a, a certain relic next episode. I, I think we might see that. But we're going to so. see Dragonstone within the next episode or two. But yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure who was there before <laughs> before I knew it goes. Orlis and they just happen to be at court in this episode, or am I wrong? That's kind of what I was wondering. But I don't think so, because didn't they? Anyway. <laughs> Josh, I believe Brian Condal has said that they have a very, very tight three to four season plan was his exact words. What I took that as is we're not going to fluff it up if this is a big hit. We're going to do the story that we have laid out. Thank you. Me, the part that really excites me about that is you're saying that like if this is a big hit, it is on the table for them to go back and do Aegon the Conqueror. And I want to see that. Be so cool. everybody keep watching. Keep watching. Yeah. Because yeah, there's so much source material that would just be amazing for adaptations. And if they're cool with doing these, like you said, like tight, small series, I mean, there are so many storylines that would be great mini series or one or two tight seasons. And I would just, I could just die happy if they just kept on riding this Song of Ice and Fire train with Doom all the source material we have. Give me the Doom of Valyria. That's what I want. Yeah, I want to see First Men. I mean, they already canceled the Long Night Show. Yep. Uh, uh, but, you know, who knows? This is a huge hit. They might bring it up exactly. again. Because I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think <laughs> with that was just they realized people aren't happy right now. Maybe we need to let this simmer for a little bit. <laughs> let this you be know? a big hit. And then maybe, every you know, have a good show. And then every three or four years, we'll get another one. Yeah, but, uh, love- yeah, old Valyria, I'd love to see like Children of the Forest and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be really, really cool. But ah, he was building a model of old Valyria. That makes much more sense. Very, Ooh, very I love cool. that. Now I got to go back and look at it now. Yeah. Uh, Crow would like to see all of Fire and Blood adapted. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see the second half of Fire and Blood, but I'd much <laughs> yeah. rather have George Warcon wins a winner, obviously. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that the show will probably go up to where this is. Uh, Aegon the third, the Regency of Aegon the third, kind of where this goes all the way up to. But <laughs> but you know, guys, here's the thing: there's 400 Aegons, so don't worry about it. You know, it pretty. I think Scott actually nailed it when he said that if you don't know the Targaryen's name, there's a pretty good chance his name is Aegon. Aegon. So, Just when yeah. in doubt, there's a good Aegon. chance. No yeah, Zachary, they are they are moving the timeline around to get some stuff to kind of to mix. Like I said, they've aged up some characters, aged down some characters, put some things and events the way they didn't quite happen. Uh, but I think for the for the for the way they're doing the show, I think it there's nothing I feel like is really like like breaking anything, at least not no. yet. You know, now if they have stuff that happens after the Dance of Dragons on the show, I'd be like, okay, that's weird. Like, you know, if they if they show how the nearest dragon eggs get to you know that side of the world, that, that would be like, okay, that's about you know, hundred years off, but Hey, it's, it, it's a nice, it's a, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it's a cool Easter egg. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> little, little dragon's egg. <laughs> so you feel like the relationship between Alice and Rhaenyra is totally different in the book. I agree. I agree. I think that's a, a very, very logical choice by them to say, let's make them actually childhood friends, you know, cause I want to say that Alice is like 30 or something. Yeah, there's when, a, when Rhaenyra is named the heir. So 
Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see Duncan Egg. I feel like Duncan Egg is just a matter of time until we get that. I, I really do. Because I know that the, when uh, apparently Ryan Connell, that's the first thing that he went to them with is he wanted to do Duncan Egg. And they said, how about this? And he said, yeah. 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 So, uh, so uh, yeah. look, with Ryan Condal, I, I wasn't ever worried because this is the guy that was adapting Conan. Conan the Barbarian for Amazon. And without getting too much into it, they wanted them to water down the character. Basically, <laughs> they wanted him to be less machismo. Let's put it that way. Be not Conan. And basically, yeah. he took getting canned and getting the whole show scrapped than making a beta version of Conan. So nice. to this guy, this is the most important thing in the world. He basically idolizes George R. R. Martin. Okay. So I know sometimes it can be like, well, they can be bad, you know, but, but again, I mean, I don't think that as a book reader, I'm going to have any problems with that, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's in good hands and I think it's, it's easy to see here. And I don't think Miguel Sapop, Sapopchnik, how you say it? Sapopchnik? I don't think that he's directing every episode, but I think that we know that he's going to have his hand on probably, you know, three or four per year, at least, I hope. Three of the 10 this year. Yes. Three of the 10. Okay. So he's probably got five and nine, you know, nine's always the biggest episode on a, on a game of Thrones show. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I don't know. Cause I, before this guys, I was kind of concerned. Like I said, I know there is a, it's a very, very famous scene in this book that I was like, they'll never do that. It's way too violent. After this episode, I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah. They don't seem to care. Seems so to be I hope they keep that same energy. So guys stay off Twitter, stay off, Variety and Hollywood Reporter, anybody that's complaining about the violence, you guys keep doing you because we do appreciate it. But uh, uh, if you guys got any questions, I'd say th throw them in now, and we'll try to uh, try to throw them up here before we go. But uh, uh, overall, I just, I mean, I, I don't want to do like number rankings or anything. How, how about how about out of five dragon eggs, how many you got? Go ahead for this man. episode. Five out of five. I must have like I, I I barely have any nitpicks. And anything I can come up with that's even remotely close to a criticism, it's like silly. So I am just extremely happy. <laughs> like I'm just like I've said it over and over. I'm just so happy to be back. Um I was my brothers and I, we all called each other immediately after it was over. And I'm like, this is what we used to do after every episode of Game of Thrones. Is we would as, as soon as it ended, we'd pick up the phone and call each other and then talk for like an hour. And I was telling one of my brothers, I was like, I haven't been this type of happy since then. And I'm not saying I haven't been happy since then, but like this specific flavor of happy, I haven't had it since then. And I missed it. So I'm just back in my zone and I'm so happy. I've seen a lot of Magor love <laughs> in the comments, but basically people saying they'd like to see some, some Magor stuff. Here's the thing, guys. They, they do they do Aegon the Conqueror. They can end it with the with 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 Magor the Cruel's rule. I think they probably could end it there. So I think that all this stuff is on the table. And I know that some people might be like, ah, I'm just gonna kind of get sick of Targaryens. No, you won't. Trust won't. me, it's so good, guys. It's it's such great stuff. And I want people to read this and understand. Yeah, it's a history book, but it has the same twists and turns that you come to expect. I was never bored. I never found it to be dry or uninteresting or dull. Um, and I was, and that's why I put it off for so long. It's just, I was just like, man, I need to know all this stuff, but it's going to be tedious, but it was so enjoyable. So if you're at all on the fence about reading fire and blood, read it. And if you do like audiobooks, the audiobook was really good too. So absolutely pick it up. You won't regret it. It's just so good. You know, Marcus, I was concerned at first 
saying I didn't think they had enough material for here. But then when I reread it, just focusing really from Heirs of the Dragon to the Regency of Aegon, mm -hmm. where I was like, yeah, they could they could probably do this without fluffing it up too much, honestly, yeah. because there is so much. It's a lot of material, and you realize that there's almost no dialogue in here. So they've got to do all those parts, or like they did with this, which is giving the details about how Baylor died and things like that. You know, there's yeah. stuff that they didn't really do in the book, and they get to do on the show. So I mean, would they would they cover this episode like twelve pages? <laughs> you know, so there, yeah, there's definitely enough enough material. And you're wrong, Nate. Magor did a lot of things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, give me uh, if they want to fluff it up with dialogue, do it because that is one thing this show always, even until the very, 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 very last episode, sure. this show always did well was dialogue and monologues. So write them, write them, write them. We want them, and we want to see them, and I want to see them clean up at the Emmys or whatever because that's where that show shined, and I think they can recreate that. So, yeah, give me that kind of fluff. I'm here for it. Well, a criticism I did hear is that there's no quippy character like a Tyrion to kind of make a beast from being so, so... Guys, I don't know if it's like people have just gotten like used to MCU humor and they think that everything's got to have... I like tension. I like everything being mm -hmm. serious. I don't have to have a joke to ease the tension and let me know it's going to be okay. Because most of the times, guys, in this world, it's not going to be okay. You know, I think that's and I thought there were story. some moments of levity. Like there were some kind of some humorous lines and some lightness that yeah, just like, felt like, you know, them, them like secretly like betting on the tourney and stuff like that. I, I like yeah. that's, that's kind of fun. I don't know. I don't know. For 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 this world, that's actually probably pretty lighthearted, right? You know, but uh, lots, of, lots of lots uh, of five out of fives here from the Dragon Age. Yeah. I really feel like if I went less than five, I'd really just be like just because. I think that there will be better episodes, you know? So I'm not the type who gives out a five out of five very often. But again, I can't think of anything that I didn't like about the episode. It exceeded my expectations. And I don't have a problem with a single casting, a single yeah. one. There's not one where I'm, I mean, even in Game of Thrones season one, I was kind of like, ah, it's not really what I imagined, you know? But uh, they grew on me maybe, you know? Like, for example, I did. that's not what I imagined with Serio Pharrell, but he was so good. I love it, you know? So I think it's going to kind of be the same here. Even if it's something I didn't quite imagine. Yeah, I think I'm going to get used to it. But yeah, and I've already said my imagination is not that good. So <laughs> I'm just going to trust that whatever they come up with, they picked it for a reason. And so far, I've been nothing but pleased with the uh, Who is it? Who is your actor that you put uh, You put in everything? I put James McAvoy in just about everything in my head. You, there was another oh, actor you have. Is it yeah, who is that? Um, well, first of all, oh, we forgot to talk about Graham McTavish. My oh, boyfriend. yeah, the Harold Westerling. Harold Westerling. Dummy. I wish he had more screen time. <laughs> Didn't have a lot. Look, I got to say, Kristen Cole's pretty dreamy. Uh, he kind of looks like uh, Graham uh, McTavish. He's got a little bit day. of Ben Barnes in there. So, Medic will agree with me on this one. Uh, that, that, but again, a, I'm also Charles Dance. Cool. Like, I, I like my, my, like, those, I like those old guys. <laughs> They're just so sexy. I Whatever. Love them. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> uh, I mean, as far as uh, yeah. Oh, there, you asked me I'm trying to remember. Uh, there is somebody I always go to. I, I can't really think of uh, any anybody, but uh, I'm going to wait and see when they have George Constanza as Mushroom. And there you go. They, <laughs> <laughs> so, I hope they do Mushroom. You I know that your you imagination is bad, but... You know who I imagine is Mushroom? Toad from the Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> who I imagine is Mushroom. So <laughs> your imagination is better than mine. I imagine that they are, I hope they do the mushroom character, but if they don't, I know it's going to be because they're going to 
they're going to feel like people who haven't read the books think they're copying like, well, we have to have, you know, a yeah, dwarf. We have to have a little person. They and people are going to think, oh, they're just trying to have another Tyrion. Yeah, I can see that. But they're maybe right. they just make him a, 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 a tall jester, you know, like he doesn't have to be a little guy. Um, I'm trying to think, you asked me that question. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, lots of people were comparing Moash from the Stormlight Archive to to Magor. <laughs> I don't know if Moash went quite that far, but you know, I don't think anybody. I was like, Moash sucks, but you guys are being a little rough on him. Like, I'm convinced that like he wrote he wrote uh, Magor to be like, yeah, these are all the people who think that like Joffrey's like some big deal. Like Joffrey was preschool compared to uh to to, to Magor for sure. Uh, Crow keeps saying he thinks that Graham Tavish looks like John Gwynn. I guess maybe he just doesn't have the strong beard game that John Gwynn has. Yeah, but I haven't, heard, I haven't, I haven't heard Madison panting over John Gwynn either. So I, don't know. I respect John Gwynn and his family way too much to defile him with my my longing. Okay. <laughs> Dana DeVito is mushroom. No, no, I would just think of I would just think of Frank from Always Sunny, and I just I couldn't I wouldn't be able to stop laughing, you know. But uh, uh, Ed Sharon cameo with that that kind of immersion breaking. <laughs> Funny thing is, guys, is I don't listen to that type of music. So when Ed Sharon showed up, I was like, "Who is that? And why is everybody so mad?" <laughs> it was apparently uh, the actresses that played uh, Sansa and Arya are huge Ed Sheeran fans. So yeah. I it was Maisie. Uh, Maisie Williams was like crazy for Ed Sheeran. She's like, "I can get you in if you'll like sign my, you know." cd or whatever marcus wants to know do you guys like it better than game of thrones first episode uh i do uh, i i recently rewatched the first episode of game of thrones and it's a little rough in parts uh, it, yeah. it's not a perfect episode uh, i think it's better than that episode <laughs> like i think it is objectively better but i really love that first episode I mean, it's easy to look at something with the production value that this has. <laughs> say you like it better. I mean, obviously they got more support behind them than than the first episode. Of Game of for me, it's so hard because, guys, I had imagined this for over a decade and never thought I would see this on the big screen. So that was like on par with seeing Fellowship of the Ring for me. It, it being like that, it, it being like damn near identical. Like the 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 freaking like dialogue was almost the same and stuff. You know, so. It's the I mean, only time you get to see the entire yeah, Stark family on screen together, and That's but true. will it ever replace it? I don't know. I don't know if you get to, you get to have that. Uh, you know, if you get to have, I don't know if you can have. You can. It's, it's like falling in love for the first time. You can fall in love again, but you're always going to kind of remember that first time, right? Yeah. And, and like Mark is saying here, yes. I mean, that cold opening mm -hmm. of the very first episode of Game of Thrones was just like. I wasn't even sure they were going to have that on the show. You know, I thought they would think it was way too confusing for the audience, but it was awesome. And I, and I say that this didn't quite couldn't have an, couldn't have a, uh, an opening, you know, quite as strong as game of Thrones, but I think they're both really, really great. But I say, like I said, as a technical ep episode, I think this is yeah, better. It's, no, it's got it better direction. It's got better acting. It's got better cinematography. It's got more budget. It's 12 years later, whatever yeah. we have, we have money, we have technology. It's, it's better. Oh, Patton Oswalt. I think I got enough of Patton Oswalt in uh in in Sandman because that's like the one thing about Sandman that really took me out of it. And everybody's got these really thick British accents, and then they got Patton Oswalt just being Patton Oswalt, you know. So I like Patton <laughs> Oswalt in uh, Parks and Rec. That's about it. <laughs> I love it. Maybe at the end of the season we'll do a fan casting for the roles they haven't done yet. You know. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> 
But anything that you guys want to talk about before we go? Anything that you wanted to see that you didn't see? I mean, I think I was just so pleased that I'm having a hard time. Like, if you had asked me beforehand, like, oh, I mean, I guess you kind of did. Like, what's something you have to see? I may have had a list, but right now I'm just, I feel like they just did such a bang up job that I have no room for any criticism. I'm just so excited for next week now. Like I missed this, like, I mean, of course when it ended, I was wanting another episode immediately, but I really love this. I love the, the in-between time where you get to rewatch the episode and talk to people. And, and before this conversation, I have not watched a single YouTube analysis or breakdown or read any articles because I like to come into these conversations with only my own thoughts because I know that if I read other people's opinions it will inevitably influence my so other than talking to my brothers I have not you know done anything so now I have the rest of the week to like deep dive and break stuff apart and you know watch YouTube videos and I missed that so I'm just so happy to have it back. Uh, Jose brings up the wigs still being awful I mean I think that they're better than like the witchers but here's something about this is not all Targaryens have to have long blonde hair. You know, I mean, let's have one of them with some short hair or something. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I do know that there is one of uh, a screen cap I've seen of Damon where he does have shorter hair. It's like, it's like shoulder length. Yeah. I've seen that too. But I, I don't it's know. It's a cute summer bob. <laughs> I think all the ladies wigs look delightful, but yeah, the blonde wigs are, it's kind of rough to make. If a person doesn't have a blonde complexion, it's kind of hard to, to, to make that really right. work. Especially, you know, in, Patty Constantine's got like the, the black stubble. It's kind of like kind of taking me out of it a little bit here, but you know, yeah, I it's tough. It, is, it would be like if I put on even the nicest, you know, professional wig, but it was blonde, it would look really weird on me just because you can tell by my eye color and my, you know, my skin color that like, I just was not naturally born with silver blonde hair. And so it's always, it's, I think it's just a tough look to pull off, but I didn't have a, problem with the wigs like i thought i would yes yeah, um right. but they yeah they're not perfect they don't bother me like uh, henry cavill's on witcher does which just looks like a mop I, it drives me crazy <laughs> scott anything that you didn't see that you wanted to see this episode i try it brings not, up uh the, the chain of hands i tried not going in with super big expectations of the, this should be here or that kind of thing i just wanted to watch it for what it was and come up with you know what i was going to get out of it but um I think I'm just surprised that it met my expectations because I was super stoked and I was down. I thought that was, that was going to be a real possibility. So I mean, was, after the disappointment that was, you know, will of time, uh, and I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but the <laughs> negative attitude that most people have about rings of power, I think just confirming that this is going to be great is just like such a relief. Like, Oh my God. It, we get this back again, you know, and they know what not to do this time. You know, they've got the right people in charge. And if you guys don't think that they don't know, come on, they're not deaf. They, they, they know. So that was one of the reasons I knew that they're going to get this right. They knew that they had to get the pilot because they knew that the people would give it a chance. But I think the re, the response to it is showing that people are ready to forgive again. They do miss this world, you know, and there's nothing that's really going to compare to it because I don't care who obviously all this, this article that came out from variety about like, uh, this show versus this show and who's going to win like the fancy throw. Dude, it's over. It's over. It's now everybody's fighting for second. Yeah. I'm going with that. I don't think that I anything's going to touch us. HBO just gets it yeah. and no one else does. So I'm sorry yeah. to declare a winner two weeks before Rings of Power even comes out. I'm super yeah. George for him because I know that he is 
carefully watching what's going on and he has to be very pleased to see those numbers coming in and very pleased to see all the positives. Yeah. Like we said, I feel like this has rejuvenated George a little bit because he's been talking about the books, writing the books more in the last six months than he has the last six years. So I'm not saying I'm getting my hopes up that the book's coming out or anything. I am. (laughs) I mean, it'll be one of those things that when I I finally hear it, I'll still be like, not until it is in my hand, you know. But yeah, yeah, I, I think for me, I've been really interested in seeing the non-reader's response to this, you know, because I watched it with my wife. She said she's not reading another George R.R. Martin book unless it says wins a winner on the front of it. So she didn't read this. So I was glad she was going in blind. I didn't tell her anything because I want to gauge uh, if this, you know, if I too close to it, am mm-hmm. I just so close to it? I can't see any faults or if is it really that good? So I've been really interested in listening to the people who haven't watched. It. I think Mark said he hasn't read it and he loved it. So that's the response that I'm really, really excited to hear is that people understand what's going on. They never really felt confused or anything. I have seen some people say, I don't really care about any of the characters yet. Eh, give it time. Like I said, it's one hour and that's they fair. had to introduce you to, you know, a, a dozen so main characters. So I, I think and I hope that they will catch on pretty quick to the fact that this is not going to be a series that you have one clear person you're rooting for. It is the story of a succession war and both sides are going to have redeemable qualities and good points. And both sides are going to have sides that are irrational and crazy. There shouldn't be one. Like I I would be, I would be worried if even a season in there is one person that the majority of people are like, I'm so team such and such. Like it's supposed to be something that you waver and you go back and forth and you go, man, I'm team X, but I could see being team Y as well. So I think the fact that nobody is like clinging to somebody so quickly is probably a good sign that like, we're going to get the real story. I think you will eventually have people deciding greens or blacks. Like we said, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily did, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, I feel like if you're wanting an Arya or a Ned or a Jon Snow type character, you're probably not going to get it with this one, guys. But uh, again, I think that that's a, uh, yeah, yes, yes. What Crow says, I am very much looking forward to this. It's going to be so yes. good. Yes. Well, it's not going to be like it was here. in the original show. It's going to be, people are going to take sides eventually and going to be so good yeah so So going into it based on the books i have a side that i kind of lean towards but i am so open to and kind of excited for the idea that i could switch like this show could influence me and i like that because that's good writing so bring it switch me (laughs) for sure all right well before we go old gods with a new (laughs) old yeah old I don't know. There's something about praying to some weird. I don't pray to the seven. So with a gross face on the front of it, but you know uh, the 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 seven kind of looks like the the front of a Slayer album cover. So I'm pretty I'm pretty down with that. You know, Allison's got one of those. There we go. But all right. Well, hey, uh, we will be doing this uh, Monday nights going forward. This one, guys, we just kind of had to delay it a a day because you know kids are going back to school and stuff like that. We can get our schedule done. But but as of now. We were planning each Monday night to be doing these live. And I think uh, next week, maybe we'll, I'll, I'll do a better job of trying to answer some of you guys' questions. I think we just, we knew this episode was going to be a little longer since it was the first. And we that. But, but thank you guys so much for, for watching live and, and, and responding and, and saying stuff and asking questions and stuff. We really do appreciate it because uh, the whole reason we want to do this live is we want to feel like this is like water cooler talk. You know, it feels like this is that that show we all get together and talk about. Can you believe what happened on that show last night? Again, uh, I think that that's something that a lot of us have missed. Yeah, and with binge sure. culture, 
we've really kind of gotten away yeah. from that. So it was really hard for me not to start a voice chat on our discord <laughs> the night of and talk about the episode. Cause I knew we wanted to do this, but um, yeah, we'll be doing this, uh, you know, Monday nights, uh, seven o'clock our time. I think we're almost now Scott's on that weirdo. They don't even recognize daylight savings time. Thing. I'm jealous, honestly. Push it about 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. So, but, uh, but, but around that time. So, uh, we'll make sure that we post that link early so you guys know and you can use timeanddate.com to find out uh, where. Anything to go say, guys, before we go? Anything? Just thanks for hanging out with us. I hope everybody loved the episode. It looks like everybody did, so that yeah. is good to see. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week where fire will rain. You like that? That's the best one.